Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munsnyder and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. Talk about the ascendance of the local video, and of course, a 300-pound bench that seems to have embarked on a tour. Local videos have long been a thing in skateboarding. It's where we first got to pretend to be pros working on a big project. Those videos were important to our scene, but rarely made it past the county line. It seems now local videos have been elevated and regularly make their way across the big websites. Mike, what's behind this rise of local videos? I think the, the, one of the easiest answers is just that the content machine never sleeps, always needs to be fed. How can I expand this metaphor into new metaphors? But um, I think it's just different. This is the more sincere answer, by the way. Like, I think the local video and um, She's Cheating comes to mind where it's different from the kind of, not to get too jargony, but like monoculture that skateboarding is nowadays where, you know, we see our favorite skaters skating all across the U.S. mostly and at the hot spots in Europe and all that, or our, you know, favorite European skaters skating there, local hot spots all across Europe. And so when you get something like the Philly video, as it was, um, you know, shorthand for She's Cheating, like that video was dope because it was definitely focused on a place with a crew of skaters that obviously liked each other, skate together. And um, yeah, I think it, I, I think the, the local video is a departure from kind of the, yeah, like the mainstream video output that's just everything for everyone. It harkens back to being a niche product and yeah, that's really, that's, that's a fresh thing in skating right now. The, the Philly video is interesting because it's like the video of the moment, you know, like everyone was talking about Twitter. It's the video of this week, this, you know, this point in time. And it's just like a crew video. I mean, there's some dudes that are hooked up on, um, I guess, Kevin Billieu is pro, but, and there's some dudes that are hooked up by various companies, but it's just like a local crew video. And like, it's, crazy to me or at least interesting that you know lo local scene vids are like on the front page of the main content distribution site like what am it like thrasher the main the main platform platform in the culture which is thrasher like that would never happen in like in trans world or something like that you know it would always be like oh like a trip to china trip you know euro trip uh, article pro spot like blah 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 like and like furthermore like when was the last time you saw like a big you know board brand video production or a shoe video production with like the whole deal like traveling europe china blah 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 was it plan b was it the latest plan b vid you yeah there was definitely video. some travel in that one probably yeah i mean there's like Bar barcelona and shit so a little bit of that you know maybe it's a function of logistics it's hard to travel contingencies and whatnot it's hard might be hard to go to china or europe or whatever so, yeah i don't know pretty tight yeah i'm i'm all here for it and it's interesting you're talking about how it, it ends up on thrasher a lot of times which is sick and like as a person who post has been posting videos to the internet for 17 years like when i and first gifts <laughs> don't forget the gifts you're lots still of gifts, the gift king lots of content uh over the last 17 years for sure Oh yeah, when when I first started seeing these local videos pop up on Thrasher, I was like, "Damn, dude, they're like they're not leaving any scraps for anybody." Because I I kind of felt like like Thrasher was like the top tier, you know? It's like that's where the pros are, that's where like the hottest shit is, and then like Transworld, Skateboarder, the Skateboard Mag, they kind of like 
have the scraps you know they'll post like the pro shit but they don't have much of their own you know because all the all the best shit goes to thrasher like their you know branded stuff and then those smaller sites kind of have the leeway to post the like let the best stuff bubble up you know to the skateboard mag or whatever you know like i had i had the leeway to do that and i rarely i would take it to be like wow this this local video reaches like should be seen by more people so it, it's, it was really interesting to see I was being a little bit of a hater because, yeah, just working at the Skateboard Mag for so long, I kind of had like a anti-Thrasher stance, I guess. But yeah, I think it's great that Thrasher is giving shine to these folks, and I'm sure it's good for everybody everybody involved. You know, Thrasher gets clicks, these skaters get views, which gets them sponsored, gets them money, maybe, eventually. Yeah, I mean, the, the Thrasher model is still opaque enough where it's like, you know, who who knows which way money is changing hands or anything with these models. But, you know, there, there's some stuff where it just seems like, you know, the cash to promote that wouldn't make sense. So it is it is cool. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the best case scenario where it's just like, oh, this is cool. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll post this. But yeah, Templeton, question for you. Were you just you had that discretion just to, like you were doing full aggregation where it's like, oh, this is cool. The skateboard mag website readers will want to see this. And I know there's probably some, you know, just like press releases and whatnot too. But. Yeah, it was it was fully up to my taste. You know, there was there was a shit list of companies who hadn't paid their bill, so they didn't get any love. If somebody had like advertised in Transworld and refused to advertise in the mag, then like that's Whoa. a no go. But yeah, other than that, it's like fully my taste. You know, so if I, you know, I certainly would have shared the NPR story about the green bench which we're going to talk about shortly, just because it's interesting to skaters. So, of course, I would share it. And, yeah, it was, it was up to me, which is pretty cool. Follow-up question as we get further and further from the main topic. What brand was most in the doghouse with TSM? Uh, I don't... I, I never, like, knew the, like, figures. Like, these guys are six months late. These guys are just a month late or whatever. I remember Globe was one of them that was, like... Yeah, weird, like... They're like the richest company or whatever. Um, but this was a long time ago, you know. And I remember Small Wheels was one where I had a pretty good relationship with uh, the dude who ran it. Like he would hook me up with wheels all the time. They put out good content and they ran an ad in Transworld to go along with Austin Gillette had a an interview in Transworld. And because of that, the ad sales guy was like, no more Small Wheels. So, Damn. yeah. Mike Mahaley? Mahaley? Uh, this was the guy after Mike Crew Demir. I think is how you say okay. his last name. Crew's a good dude, though. I mean, it's just just money stuff. Yeah. Along uh, those lines, like different media outlets and stuff, are there any other media outlets besides Thrasher for the smaller videos? Now, I feel like it, like just like off the top of my head, like free free skate mag course, course acts of course, but Tumblr used to occupy some of that space. I think. Yeah, Tumblr is just like a full wasteland, you know. Like I've, I've got like eighty-five thousand followers there, and you know something will get like ten likes or something. So it's just like fully a ghost town. But yeah, I think Free Skate to me and Quarter Snacks, like those are the ones where it, like you know my friends put out a video and I'm like, oh shit, it ended up on Free or it ended up on Quarter Snacks or it ended up on Thrasher, Super Red. So yeah, I think those are kind of the big three, and then the rest are kind of fighting for scraps 
Yeah, it's it's always a trip when like free picks up something from the Twin Cities. I feel like that's happened. So cannot place which one it is. Maybe it was where where did uh I know someone put in the notes Cliptown, USA. Like that that was from the Twin Cities. I feel like that was that wasn't Thrasher, but that might have been free. My memory uh legs in this in this situation. Um I feel like the the previous place where you found all this stuff was you know, scene websites, websites, you know, dedicated to a local scene and then, you know, affiliated sites where I know when I was doing um, PlatinumSequels.com could usually count on Josh at WISKate.com to, you know, boost the signal on a bunch of stuff and shit like way back. We're talking 17, 16 years ago, like Sam McGuire, the the photographer, he did a he did a site out of Iowa called Dudes with Tudes which is yep. one of the best URLs ever. And um, yeah, you know, we'd like kind of band together and promote each other's stuff. And uh, we might have even called ourselves the triumvirate at one point, triumvirate of uh, web, you know, Midwest skateboard websites. That's so sick that you guys had a, um, like an agreement or a, a, you guys had <laughs> spoken about it. It wasn't just like, you just send an email to Josh and he's like, oh yeah, this is cool. I'll share it. But it was like a, a thing. It was just kind of, yeah, it, after a certain point, it was definitely unspoken. And then I think there was even, yeah, if you go on wiskate.com, you can probably, it would deep in the archives, find like a triumphant graphic that Josh Ellis did. So Sick. I've got some, some searching to do then tomorrow morning. Oh, man. Yeah, there were, there were tons of sites like that. There was like, well, of course, there was 48 blocks in SF mm-hmm. and post-22 down North Carolina. That was an OG. Yeah, yeah that, that was Post Twenty Two is like kind of set the standard for what a scene website is. And when I was working at the skateboard mag, I would write this clog just about every month, which was a column for the magazine about these local scene websites. And so many of the people that I talked to over the eight years of doing that cited Post Twenty Two as their inspiration. So mm. shout out to Post Twenty Two. Hell yeah, man! Are there are those dudes still doing it or? Uh... I don't think so. James, the guy who ran it, he's just like got a good job. So I think he's yeah just doing that. But he he made it into a board company for a second. Right, right. That's right. I kind of think one thing that, that kind of changed the landscape was uh, Josh Wilson with the video blog or vlog that he did. Because that, that shit just kept building and building and building momentum until he started making actual videos like Paige or whatever. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, that's kind of like like a top tier local scene website or like montage. I mean, I I feel like as YouTube grew, people just migrated to having a YouTube channel instead of having a website. And that's kind of where Johnny Wilson fit in. And definitely it, it was like the farm team for himself. You know, he was just filming his homies. His homies got hooked up. He got hooked up. And now, you know, that crew is one of my favorite. I won't speak for you guys. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah, they fucking ripped. Yeah, and they they managed to like uh like parlay into a board company eventually, right? Limo, pretty much, right? Well, I mean, Limo is like built from the ashes of nine one seven. Yeah, you can draw a line. You can draw a line. Certainly. Yeah, I mean that YouTube that YouTube model it it goes way back. So I'm thinking of Boondoggle, a video by Phil Schwartz, Pete Spooner. I think Tim Fulton was involved with that. And like Spooner's still putting out videos. He lives in New York now. Fulton works for Deluxe and, you know, like puts out Ishad parts and 
fill in specs houses and ride bikes in Minneapolis and skates a bunch still. But you know, those dudes had an intense following on YouTube and like pros spun out of that video, like Davis Torgerson, Pat Gallagher. I think those are the two guys who like made it the highest, but you know, there's definitely other skaters in that video who have, you know, talked to people of a certain age and they know exactly who Ian Sherman, Tabari Cook are from that video. That was all YouTube. Like that's the skate perception kind of zone and or was Templeton, were you on skate perception? I was more of a lurker, but yeah, I was definitely there. I mean, did that last until like 2010, 2011? It lasted a good long time for sure. I remember that's the first place I saw Corey Kennedy footage. Mm. And that was like like the year or the year before he got he like won some barracks contest or something. Cause I remember seeing like watching the barracks video of his footage and being like, Oh, I've seen this stuff before. Like on on skate perception. Was that that one like eight minute video part he had with the Brian Jones time masker song? I don't even remember. The you know thing I about? remember is he did a switch heel backside five zero, maybe shove it out. And I think he was wearing like brown cords. Then. Yeah, it was definitely the brown cord era. But yeah, I just remember like at that time, like holy shit, this random kid just did a switch heel backside five zero. Like you know, pros don't even do that. So, yeah, I like mean, the... back to like local videos. Like that's where the talent comes from. And also, like we're in an era of like everybody's good, but I think that still you can see something special in in some people like like i saw something special in Corey kennedy in that in that video and then i think brian o'dwyer definitely has that something special in she's cheating yeah yeah he's got he's got the juice he looks like a brian but there was no name title <laughs> so i figured he could also be a zach z-a-c-h <laughs> yeah he's got zach vibes i saw a video today i don't remember which video it was but it was filmed by a different person, but they filmed like the exact same roll-up face style of, for O'Dwyer. Maybe, maybe the old, the uh, Harry Bergenfeld. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Maybe, maybe Harry Bergenfeld had filmed that clip, but like the filming style was just exactly the same, but in a different video. I thought that was interesting. The roll-up face is that a is that a Bill thing? Is that a Strobeck thing? Yeah, I think that's kind of where it originates from. It's not like a trademark Strobeck move, but it, yeah, the roots are there. I, yeah, I was texting with a buddy who's definitely not excessively online. Probably going to bring that up again later. But yeah, after a certain point, you got to think as a filmer, like, shit, I have filmed way too many face roll-ups. And I got to cool this or maybe you don't leave them in. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine when, when it comes time to edit, the filmer might be like, ah, oh, shit, too many faces. I feel, yeah... The the guy the the buddy I was texting with was like was that parody? Hmm. <laughs> it, it was a lot of faces, man. And uh, the skating's great, and the film work was great. But yeah, at some point you got to start taking stock of what you've got. But hey, I I know what Brian O'Dwyer looks like now. You know, like he'll stand out in any video I see because I'm like, shit, that's what his face looks like. O'Doyle rules. Yeah, <laughs> can't say that about the GX guys. Still don't know who those people are. They share that one Carhartt hoodie. Yeah. There's the wait, there there's the guy with the beard. Yeah, he's he's a separate person. Yeah. There's oh, because he doesn't have hair. All his hair is in the beard. Yeah, and then there's there's like a guy with light hair, kind of long light hair. Well they got rid of the problematic dudes, right? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. are we off yeah, topic or not? I don't know if we've ever uh, been on topic, but this is okay. True. 
well, coming back to uh, scene videos definitely helps you, like, you know, learn about different areas of the world, um, you know, with spot porn as well. Like, there's that uh, that guy who does all the Marseille videos. He rules, like, uh, MKD, that shop down in Sao Paulo. They make videos all the time. So there's definitely crews all around the world, man. And, like, Instagram has changed the landscape a bit, too. Because what used to be, you know, what would be like a YouTube ad or something just becomes like a real, you know what I mean? Right. There's like that one Stalin Plaza account. I think it's just called like Stalin Plaza or something like that. But yeah, yeah you could put... imagine whoever runs that would have made a video. Yeah. Had Instagram not been around. Yeah, they post crazy Eurotech like uh, Stalin Plaza footage all the time. Love it. One thing I wonder about is like the videos that. I don't know. We've never seen because they don't exist or we've never seen them because we don't know they exist. Like, has there ever been a definitive Houston, Texas video? That's like the fourth largest city in the United States. And we know there's spots because like Anthony Carrillo is skating there in the 90s. And like, I don't know. I think there's it's like a three up, four down. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. It's like gray like, granite. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Shit. Yeah, there's Boy, like Enron building. There's all kinds of shit in Texas. And I don't I can't think of a definitive video, but back in the day, there was a website, fourduos.com, that was like the central clearinghouse for Texas skateboarding. But yeah, we've got like these large metropolises down there. Metropoli is probably the uh, proper Greek. But yeah, like Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth, DFW, Austin. Austin, we get a little bit of, I feel like, via what? No Roger. Comply. Roger. No comply. But yeah, where where is... Houston should have like a 45 minute video from 2006 that's just fucking sick. <laughs> I don't know if it exists, you know? It's 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 funny how that stuff happens whereas I don't know, Florida's Florida's a powerhouse like Atlanta, I forget the guys who put out great Atlanta videos. I've put I've mentioned them on here before, you know, be it a shop video or not. I, I remember doing for the skateboard mag, I did the the storefront for Faith Skate Shop. I think they're from Dotham, Alabama. Yep. And they had a great video. James was James Hardy in that. Am I remembering that? Yeah, that was like the breakout James Hardy part. Crazy kickflip. But yeah, and it's like okay, so we've we've got this crazy Alabama video, and it's it's just weird where yeah the holes the holes in the fabric. Yeah, that's weird. Like Houston has that skate part, right? That that good indoor park. Yeah, there's Southside. Southside. Yeah, yeah, Southside. So I mean, there's one would think that there would be a scene there that would produce a video. Yeah, I think, the, I think the videos I think are probably did, out there. You know, like there's Texas listeners right now who are screaming at their iPhones. Yeah, they're literally like punching their phone. Yeah, yeah I'll ask I'll ask the homie Seneca, Seneca Garcia. He, he, he fucks with that uh, south side all the time at the shop. I think the shop there made a video like recently. Okay, yeah, we're probably way, way just way outside of our depths. But I remember the, the south side spot check in 411 way back in the day fucking classic yeah it's the boat but in the winter it's the boat in the opening like one of the opening shots there was a kid in the skate shop standing there who was like a doppelganger from a homie willie we tripped on it like even had like dyed pinkish hair that my my buddy did super weird that's funny i do want to know who narrates the south side spot check because that kid's i still know all his lines obviously <laughs> we can get that information i've talked to the south side guy before I think he listens. 
I also want to give shout outs to Jason Womack for doing like the switch inward heel on a bank that like was almost like through the legs inward heel. That's crazy. Yeah, that was that was a, an epic spot check for sure. I think was was that the park where Kalos was skating the mini ramp in like Ken Griffey's or something or like air raids? Same four one one era, but different different Texas skate park as far. As oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was wild. That one was whatever like random Nikes those were with like crazy Velcro straps. Well, that's the, ramp and shit. That's the let's stay together. Yeah, 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 exactly. Classic. So Texas skaters, write us and let us know who narrated the Southside spot check and send us some links to some good Texas videos. Maybe like the definitive Texas video or the definitive Houston, Dallas, whatever video from the city. Yeah, back to the uh, like the local video thing. It's almost like it's almost like crowdsourcing in a way because. Thrasher like accumulates content from all over the country and world, and but it's like mutually beneficial because they get content and the, you know these spots get exposure, skaters, skaters get exposure, blah blah blah. So that's pretty interesting. Who 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 are some other uh, scene documentarians? There's Naquan Rollins, of course. Shout out him. Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's a there's a lot of crews out there that have made a big mark and that have generated some pros. You know, there's the Blobbies in uh, France, Bus Crew. Yeah in richmond gx 1000 you know like that was just a, a crew in the beginning there's the rios crew in eastern europe can't remember where melody rios is like, is like budapest yeah budapest budapest isn't like eurotech right it's like crusty spots yeah exactly i think they asked my understanding all right cool yeah those rios videos always feel like they were shot in like europe's pittsburgh or something <laughs> budacrust With more coverage than Gino, Anthony Van England's green curved bench has made its way from Santa Ana to Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, and as of this recording, Richmond, Virginia. The California portion of the story is masterfully documented by a friend of the show, Farron Golding, in a favorite spots piece for Quarter Snacks. The East Coast part of the story is still unfolding. Jason, it's in your area. Have you gone and paid your respects to the green bench? Man, having a job and grown-up responsibilities is trash. Uh, never get a job. Kids out there listening. Um, yeah, middle middle of the week is tough to get up to some uh, some random parking lot. Plus, like, I don't know. It would kind of be like trying to, you know, juice it too hard. Like, hey, I, you know, I saw on the internet that uh, the bench is in this parking lot. I kind of figured it out based on the buildings. Like, you know, mind if I skate with y'all? It would kind of be, like, too, like, on the tip or whatever. Right, yeah. But... Yeah, this is pretty funny. Some people are like on Twitter, they're like over it already. You know what I mean? Like enough with the fucking green bench. But like, here's the thing. it It's a meme. Like by definition, it's a meme, which is like the same image or concept repeated over and over again. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the same phenomenon where like there's a joke joke format on Twitter and everyone uses it and it gets so old that like it's over with in like a day. Usually lasts like a month. Some people keep those joke formats going like forever. But anyway, that type of deal. But it's different because it's in real life. And it's we're interacting with it. Like our skate culture at large is interacting with it in real life. So yeah, as well. I can't I can't think of anything like any parallel to this like in skating ever before. Cause it's like the whole intersection with like scenes and internet and even like mainstream media now. Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. 
Yeah, I, I don't think there's ever been anything like it. Can you think of anything, Mike? I mean, if a girl in chocolate skate video skit came to life, like <laughs> that's close to it. But this is it's like pretty awesome in those terms. You know, you could you could see you you could actually make a skit out of this. Oh, no, totally. It's... It actually kind of reminded me of thrashing, like the daggers and the ramp locals. You know, it's like the daggers went and burned down the ramp locals half pipe, but you know instead it's the philly guys went and stole new york's bench yeah i i kind of think that's the angle that 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 one philly news story we're taking like you know turf war blah 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 you know like skater you know maybe from more like a, like a graffiti angle or whatever but like skaters like smoke way too much weed to actually fight over stuff you know what i mean it's you know it's not like the sharks and the jets yeah like, I, I think also skaters like are, are pretty aware of the ephemeral state of anything that they're skating you know like we were all just oh yeah trespassers trying to have a good time in some in a place that we shouldn't be so when the bench gets stolen or the you know ledge gets knobbed or whatever we just keep it moving i mean you know we do what we can but it's not our get there get there while you can dude so true i've i've missed out on a few <laughs> tricks for get because i've been there sleeping. while you can gt w y c Reminds me of uh, my old newspaper job. I, I went for a walk to clear the mind, you know, and they were like tearing up some sidewalk and they accidentally created an incredible like concrete slab bank spot. I think I tweeted about it, you know, just like because I'm bored. I'm on a walk. And some guys actually I, like I posted it at like 1230, 1 p.m. Some guys actually came out. But then um, I get a text from one of the from one of the kids who films and he's like, oh, no, they're taking it apart. They're deconstructing it. It's 530. So. G-T-W-Y-C. <laughs> new slogan. Yeah. Do do love the that uh New York Post story though, because I, I think it, it gave us one of the one of the better skateboard world quotes that we've had in a while from uh I forget his name, he's the guy who made she's cheating. Those kids don't know how to drive. <laughs> like how are they gonna get the bench back? Those <laughs> kids don't know how to drive. And I while I'm on the subject, I love it how like Maybe it's skateboard specific, maybe it's not, but I know in terms of me thinking about skating, anytime you want to like downgrade someone, you call him a kid. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd say oh, I I say kid for like everybody. Like anyone who's like fifty, like fifty and under be like, Yeah, the kid, blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean I, I think that it's might... a little pejorative. It's a little pejorative. It's like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever. Like, oh, he knows blind of that real, yeah, whatever that kids got gross kick lift like i don't care kid, like, yeah, yeah, you know I, what i mean i don't know maybe it's like a new jersey thing i picked up but like I don't, way, the way i'd use it be like yeah fuck with the kid you know, talking about yourself or whatever yeah the kid this kid that okay. that kid's crazy so i don't know that's the regional thing templeton you immediately agreed like what do you yeah no? yeah i mean calling somebody a kid is is basically like putting them below yourself because it's like i'm i'm not a kid i'm a fucking man and then I got a man's kickflip, and it's like, you got a kid's kickflip. Can't noseblunt that rail, ever. Never no. noseblunt a rail, but yeah, my kickflips are fire. But um, yeah, back to the whole mainstream media shit. Like, I really think, like, to paraphrase Millhouse and uh, Kevin Costner and JFK, <laughs> like, we're before, which is where the Millhouse got it from, like, we're really through the looking glass with the mainstream media coverage. Like, the New York Post NPR, I don't know how NPR picked up on it. One yeah, that's an interesting. On that. Oh, what was that, Mike? One of the reporters on that story is 
absolutely a skater. You you know that for a fact, or you just guessing? Um, no, I know that for a fact. It's um, Milton. I should look up his last name just to get it right. Actually, do a little effort on the podcast. Yeah, give give the kids some shine. I don't know if I can call him a kid. He's an NPR reporter. Uh, Milton Guevara. Sorry about the last name there. But yeah, he he did. I think we actually talked about the story that he did about skating on here before. It's, the name sounds familiar. But yeah, he's he's died in the wall. But um, yeah, I wonder yeah, what that it, pitch was like, guys. There's this bench. We got to report on it. Yeah, Michelle, it, I you got to talk to this guy. It's a pro skater. Like, here's a theory. Maybe like Willie Staley's Twitter is like the the looking glass, the magical looking glass, if you will, that kind of connects skating and the world of mainstream media. Because like maybe like the New York Post guy saw him tweet about it and was like, oh, what's the deal with this, blah, blah, blah. That's one theory. But also, I mean, it's symptomatic of like skaters, skating being like old enough and enough of a thing of like skaters getting into mainstream media outlets and like covering skating as like a as a cultural thing, you know? Yeah, I think it's absolutely that. There's people who know about skating and know the significance of a green bench and they they are good enough at telling stories that they can pitch it to the higher ups and get it greenlit. And I think that yeah, skating is way not mainstream like the actual culture, but it's not like it was, you know, 25, 30 years ago because we all or at least some of us skated at least in, you know, we all skated in those bounds. Like I've been in a conference room full of like cops, four cops maybe doing doing my previous job as a newspaper reporter. Like, you know, we look at my water bottle and I got a Familia sticker on there with a the guy pushing and I explain it and nobody bats an eye or even like makes fun of me. I feel like if anywhere I'm like the room full of cops is going to going to rib me about it. But oh, yeah, actually, uh, that's that's a funny story. Like along those lines, one time that was one of the times I broke my wrist when many times I you know had a cast, you know, one of my coworkers was like, oh, what happened? I was like, oh, I broke my wrist skateboarding. And she literally laughed in my face. <laughs> I was like, like, ah, you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? Damn. Well, back to the mainstream media, uh, I, I had DM'd Will Rosenstock to ask him about the receipt that he was, he supposedly presented to the officials at Temple to get to gain possession of the bench. And he said they have just about everything wrong, LOL. But then when, when pressed for further clarification, he didn't answer. And who is Will Rosenstock, just for listeners' sake? Oh, Will Rosenstock is the uh, CEO of Bust Crew, or the filmer. He's a filmer and has the handle of Bust Crew. Yeah, I'm trying to do the tight tight read. It's it's like with the NPR story. That's that's the one where it's like someone came up with a receipt and yeah, it's all it's it's all so wonderfully convoluted and like we've already lost the idea that this is the second bench. This is not the original bench. This is a fabrication of the second bench and while you know for a minute 30 npr story you probably don't necessarily need to get into the provenance of the bench oh yeah i I totally forgot about that part yeah i mean the fact that it it like makes it more complicated but it also makes it all the more ridiculous oh yeah what just like sum that up real quick because i forgot what is it like like ave had it fabricated yeah, Abe had it fabricated for the switchbacks at Noseborn slide. Or maybe that bench got stolen too. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's 
it's a whole it's listen it's a whole saga like by by definition like people call things epic like people misuse the word epic all the time just you know just something grabs to go epic like if you look at the definition of epic it's like a long ass convoluted story like by definition it's an epic story and like it's a fluid situation i wish i could cover it like i got other other jobs like yeah i mean like i said on twitter there's a young like uh skate journalist out there Really like you know this would be like um, skate you know skate journalism Pulitzer material the journey of the fucking green bench. I mean, I, I would have already given a skate Pulitzer to, to Farron <laughs> for the first half of the the green bench saga. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But maybe, maybe he'll do a follow up. I mean, he is the bench man. He is. He's he's skateboarding's foremost scholar in Ave Bench. Actually. Come to think of it, the only parallel I could think of that's even close is the city hall bench that Kalos got shipped to California or something. <laughs> oh, and it's at like KO Corp or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at like the KO store, like basement or like driveway or whatever. Like a massive hunk of granite. Yeah, like one of the benches from City Hall, like the the rectangular, not 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 the curved ones, one of the rectangular ones that were like on the side or whatever. Like after the handrail, the little handrail. Right. Yeah. Downstairs. Still, that's like a massive piece. Yeah. Of stone. Who who the fuck knows? Okay. Okay. Let's do that or what uh, shenanigans went in that and like or maybe even the uh, what this pen like the Love Park graveyard like Panabianco like put some footage of that in there. Right. Yeah. That, but that's the only thing that's even close, and it's still you know not really the same. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything in other sports or like subcultures that it, it's like. It's a relic, you know? It's like a, a sacred object almost that's being passed around. Maybe, actually, the closest thing would probably be like the Stanley Cup when the team that wins the Stanley, Stanley Cup, everyone gets to like take it for a day and do whatever. Right, yeah. You know, like, mo- yeah, most people like drink beer out of it or whatever. Like when the Capitals won the Cup, like Alexander Ovechkin was at like a Nationals game, like, you know, drinking beer out of it and whatnot. That's, uh, that's the only thing. I can think of, but it's even close. Kids are going to come to Richmond and like try to play skate for the bench. Play skate for the bench. Who, who knows if it's even still in Richmond now? I mean, it might it might be on the move. There no, where, I, where, I saw that Will was uh, heading to West Virginia. No shit. <laughs> so it could be heading to quality that's, territory. That's not, yeah, That that's not what I would have guessed. See, I would have guessed just like keep going south. Like, you know, like uh, the snack man said, you know, it's headed for lot 11 down in Miami. So one would think like it would go to like, you know, that, Char- that Charlotte DIY or whatever. And then like Atlanta and then lot 11. But quasi territory makes sense. Yeah. A westward migration. Also. Westward. Yeah. Westward or westward migration. That may, may end up in whatever, like, you know, Cincinnati. Yeah. Or something like that. Who knows? Maybe it'll make an appearance at the courts here in Portland. That would be pretty cool. Of course. That's. That was a lot of miles, man. That's a yeah, lot I mean, of miles. I mean, yeah, it's already like, gone cross country once. Maybe it just so, wants to go home. It's like so, the salmon; it just knows, just knows where it came from, and it's making its way back. What are, What are the chances this is all fake? Massive conspiracy to get us talking about the bench. Um, I think that re- that would require way too much like coordination for skaters. We've heard different between different parties. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it not... would require serious secrets, like keeping secrets, which I don't yeah. think we're good at these days. 
it's not like yeah it's it's not like a special forces operation when they're like all right begin phase three like all right let's go 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 (laughs) night vision goggles you you wonder if those philly kids had night vision goggles at tompkins though and i said i meant kid kids there non-pejorative we now have to clarify okay did they have night vision goggles I mean, they were all dressed in black, you know, in the photo, they were like covering their faces. And... Oh, I, you know, I, I think at Tompkins, there's enough like surrounding. It's not, it's not like pitch black at, uh, at Tompkins. Ever. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's New York. Yeah. Ambient. Light. It's not like you're going to a cave in like Mogadishu. It's that's it's not like Call of Duty, like Bravo six going dark. <laughs> Damn, like, that sounds like sick, with though. that. What's that night vision goggle sound? Like, Exactly. What, what yeah, like, again? like like the night vision when you flip your night vision goggles down in Call of Duty, it's like motor starting yeah. up. But yeah, there's enough like light, you know, from surrounding buildings that you could make out the bench and get it get it out of there. Gotta well, look at my bench notes. Well, I, I feel like this is just like the the pinnacle of skate obstacle thievery. I think we've all and we've talked about it before. We've all stolen a few objects that we felt like we could. Use more than whoever had them previously, whatever store or school or whatever. So yeah, yeah. what I, I think I think we need to talk about the bench from your college, Templeton. I know we've told the story before, but it's pretty fantastic. If you have any idea what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, of course. We stole a, a bench that most people call a butter bench. You know, it's made of recycled plastic. It's on the second floor of the art building on a balcony where you know, like the smokers' balcony. And yeah, we had to get an art student to let us in or like, you know, just hang out by the door and grab it as somebody went in. I don't remember exactly how we gained entry, but it was a little convoluted. So we had to get in, carry this bench down a flight of stairs. And then we had our friends Jeep Cherokee waiting in the like service entrance so we could, you know, throw it in there and drive away. And he drove away and the rest of us just walked away and yeah, we've had that bench going around for many, many years. Yeah, I always like the longevity of those things. You're getting better use out of it than those art students, their cigarettes. Yeah, they could just drag a chair from the classroom. It's fine. Mm. Well, we were all pretty fucking stoked to have that bench for all those sessions. Thank you, Art art Building. But that brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I'm going very broad. I'm just going to say September in Minnesota used to really get anxious about September with like lingering school anxiety about the thing. But the wonderful um, actual fact about September is that it's still awesome weather and the light's dope and the leaves are changing a little bit. And um, yeah, gonna, gonna just go September to the max. It's also the time of year where, you know, you realize you haven't really gone that hard street skating so you get reinvigorated to do it at the end of the year maybe get some clips talking about clips so pretty stoked on september and all that comes with it along with my kid being back in school she's stoked i'm stoked we're all stoked also stoked on the end of awesome late night tennis i've been losing sleep i know i mentioned the u.s open last week in the stoked on only episode but um yeah, the open is winding down. I won't be staying up until like 1 a.m. Central watching tennis. I will get some sleep tonight. Jason, what are you stoked on? 
Oh, yeah. But just real quick about the tennis. I saw people tweeting about that really long match, like Sinner versus Alcaraz or whatever. And I was like, Pat Sinner Pasquale is a pro tennis player now. It's it's an amazing career trajectory. I was like, damn, I had no idea that kid had all types of talents. Crazy. Anyway, stoked on a little hard goods company out of San Francisco, California. Venture Trucks. Stoked on the NFL starting tonight. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And we talked about scene videos earlier in the broadcast. Stoked on a scene video from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Not Sao Paulo proper. I tried to like figure it out, but definitely in the Sao Paulo like region from uh, MKD Skate Skateboards shop down there. New uh, edit they came out with, including a part from my favorite skater in the world, uh, Lucas Marquez, as the uh, closing part. That's pretty dope if you're into the Brazil tech type shit. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on the game Skateboardle. It's, uh, you know, you can probably guess what it's about. Uh, you get six clips. Six guesses as to what video those clips came from, and it's it's good fun. Gets you um, makes you realize how many videos maybe you haven't seen before, like the uh, Hollywood promo. Um, <laughs> Hollywood Hellrose. Wait, Hellrose promo. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's like a Hellrose video that's in the queue. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. I'm stuck on today's. Anyway, it's good fun. Check it out. Skateboardall.com. And that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. You guys probably know where to find us, but for those who don't, Jason, where can the people find you? On Twitter, at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram, at FrozenCarbonite, and writing stuff for QuarterStacks.com, working on some stuff for fourth quarter. Uh, Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle for both. At M Munzenreiter. Had they put Richie Belton in that Hollywood six clip offering, I might have gotten it, but number Hollywood at all. Templeton, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Later. In Philadelphia, there's a bench that is just the right shape for skateboarding. 13 feet of curved steel painted green, and it has been on a long journey. It's kind of like one of the ultimate obstacles to skate, because if you can hook into that at the start, take the curve all the way to the end, it's a cool feeling. That's Anthony Van Englen. He's a professional skater. He and his friends found the bench in Southern California back in 1995. And they strapped it to the top of a Honda Civic, and I think they used like extension cords and wires. I mean, this is a 300-pound steel. Like, it's, it's crazy. They took it home and made skating videos doing tricks on it. After a few years, someone took it from them. But skateboarders live in a small world. The group of guys who took it, like I know who took it. Almost 20 years later, Van England got it back, put it in more videos, and people recognized it. The bench built up some buzz as he was opening a store in New York City, so he brought it along and plopped it in Tompkins Square Park for other skaters to enjoy. The first day I was there, I went to Tompkins and was skating the bench. The next day I went to Tompkins, the bench was gone. You know, I was like, cool. Cool, because later it showed up in Philadelphia, driven there by a few skaters in a rented truck. For 99.9% of humanity, it's just a chunk of steel. I hope this thing goes all over the world. And the journey continues because yesterday the bench disappeared again.